very interesting guest today, a man that goes by the name of Raheem Fender, and he has quite the long list of hustles he does, and we're going to try to get to all of them today. Welcome, Raheem. We're glad to have you on the show. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate it. That you have so many things that you do during the day. How do you keep up with them? Uh, Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> That's my preferred uh, caffeine as well. I like Red Bull, too. Yeah, Red Bull. So can we start off with your music? Talk off, sure. Talk about your music. You have uh, a few music videos out, and we were listening to them on YouTube, and I'm, I'm pretty hooked on them myself. Thank uh, you. Thank you. So, what was your favorite one to record out of all of them? Um, I'd probably say "Like a Drug." That was my favorite to record. Yeah. Okay. That one. Was there I, any reference in the uh, any real world situations or or people that influenced you to write that song? You know, surprisingly, um, my ex girlfriend, she. Uh-huh. We were actually at a function, um, and and I was in the bus, and she had the students outside prepping them for their performance. And I was in the bus, and I just started writing. I didn't have a beat. I didn't have anything. I, I was there watching her with the students, because she, she, she's a guidance counselor. Well, she used to be a guidance counselor. She's a vice principal now. So I started writing. I was looking at her, looking at her and I was like, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> You know, and I started writing, and like, that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Nice. Um, so, how much? How many people do you feel like your music reaches as of right now? And what would your what's your next goal to push it further? Well, surprisingly, I we we have a large a large audience in Africa. Which okay, I didn't know that was going to even happen. You know, we when we started. We wanted to to reach an American market, you know that was our goal, and then um, it just so happened that um, Africa just started running with with the um, the music, and um, yeah, that was it. We're not even we're not even big in our own country. <laughs> we're, we're we're bigger in Africa than we are in our own country. Yeah, it always seems like it starts somewhere else. And exactly. then it takes a minute to, it's always the last to pick up in the States for sure. Exactly. So exactly. do you have, do you have full out records that you have with full playlists? Um, well, we, we, we created an album mm-hmm. right? we started on the album in 2016. So actually the, 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 my bandmates are actually my past students and my dancers are actually my past students. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> I, when I, I started, I, so I was doing music before and um, I, had, I had them in class, but they were giving a lot of trouble. And I was like, listen, guys, I don't have time for this. I could be recording my album. So they're like, sir, you record, you sing. I'm like, I teach you guys. So of course I can do it. So they're like, um, so sir, could you bring us into the studio? I was like, okay, I'll bring you into the studio under one condition. You do well, um, you focus on class, you focus on your work, and I will bring you into the studio. And that's how the group started. They did well, and, um, and I, I kept my promise. June, June 2016, June 4th, 2016, I brought them into the studio, and the rest was history. We just started recording since, um, since then. Um, unfortunately, uh, COVID happened in 2020 because we were going, we were, um, embarking on a African tour for 2020, and then COVID hit, and so we just had to pause everything. How long was your African tour scheduled to run for? Like, how long does uh, does a tour tend to go? It depends. Like, sometimes it can be three months, sometimes it can be five months. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I'm currently on eight months vacation leave from from work. So for me, so 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 what I did, I decided, okay, we would do that for 2020. So my plan was, okay, I'm gonna take my vacation leave, and we would just go on tour, and um and and do what we have to do. Unfortunately, you know, COVID hit, and when COVID hit, you know, yeah, you couldn't travel out of your country and 
Yeah, I get it. That yeah. really kind of threw it. Yeah, threw a uh, stick in your spoke. Exactly. So, what age group do you teach from? I teach high schoolers. So I teach seven, seven to nine drama. So seven grade, seven to seven to nine grade drama, um, ten to eleven theater arts CXE, and grades third grades twelve to thirteen um, sixth form. Or I think you guys, yeah, you guys would call it sixth form. I think, I think. Well, so what can you give us a, just an explanation on what that is? Because I know I don't know, and uh, there's probably a few other people that might not know either. Okay, so sixth form is um so sixth form is more an advanced level. So once they do grades um grades ten and eleven, usually um here. So we finish school at grade eleven, high school, and then they okay. can, form is like pre college. Right. So six sixth form is pre college. So grades twelve to thirteen is pre college and then you go on to college. Yeah. Okay. So y'all have an extra grade down there. An extra what? An extra grade. Y'all go to 13th? 13, 12 and 13, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah See, we school only go here, to 12. We end at 12. Oh, you got, right, because you, your high school goes, they, they, have, they have no choice. They have to go all the way to 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. we go, high school starts in the ninth grade mm -hmm. and ends in your senior year is 12th, your 12th year. Yeah, like, it, no, here... We start from grade seven to eleven, which is a, it's a European um it's a European formula. So we go from grade okay. seven, that's high school, and then grades twelve and thirteen, that's sixth form or pre college, and then you go on to college or university. That is so that is crazy. Just the differences in the different cultures yeah. around the world. That's probably why our education sucks. We need oh, I love we need one more year. <laughs> I love the American system. It's 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 I, I think I think here in the Caribbean, um our our education system it's very good, but I think it's like it stresses students. It's like it's like you have to be the best, you have to be the best, you have to be I think for the American system they they groom you and say, listen, you all we all can come up together. We all can can do this. You you all have talents. You all have gifts. The Caribbean is like, listen, if you fail this, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you're done. Yeah, and I I could see that too. Whereas like in in America, there's kind of a realization just because I I feel like how huge the country is. Uh, there's a realization that not everybody's going to be a doctor. Not everybody's going to be a lawyer. There's going to be construction workers. There's going to be, you know, whatever. And, yeah. um, and I could see, you know, smaller countries being like, Hey, if you want to be something more, you have to earn it here. Yes. Yes. Cause yeah. my, my brother went to Monroe college in New York. And when he was here in Jamaica, he was not doing well at math. And he went to Monroe College, and he got, I think it was, what was the highest thing? Summa cum laude? I think it was summa cum laude. Summa cum laude or magna cum laude, the second highest um, form of distinction, I think. Uh, like a, val like a uh, there's a valedictorian, and then there's the, uh, uh, I know the valedictorian is the top of the class, and, and then right. there's the, uh, man, what's that second one called? Okay, it, start, it does start with an S. I can't remember what it is, though. We're his gonna... degree, his degree on his degree, he got one of the distinctions, and I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, here in Jamaica, it, you know, it's like you're fighting to to be the best. In America, yeah. you, we don't worry, don't worry, you'll get there, don't worry, and that's one of the things I love about the American culture. You know, everybody, you know, it's like you all have a future. Everyone has a future, but Jamaica is like, if you don't get it now. That's it. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're stuck in the in the trenches or the past. Yeah, I can see that, and it does happen in America. But you're you're absolutely right where you say that there's a much more broad scheme of if you put the work in, something good will come of it. Yes. Well, but anyway, back to your music. What uh, uh, what? So what is your next goal to to further your music and get it more out there? Um. Well. You know, I'm working on my solo album right now because 
because of what happened with COVID in 2020, the group kind of disbanded. And, um, and so I had, I had more time as an artist um, to work on me and, um, and, you know, find my sound and find, you know, some of the things I wanted to do. And um, it, it wasn't really, it was at, at this present moment, I mean, I'm still a part of the, the, the mindset of being a part of Raw, but mm-hmm. my album is a little bit more uh, calmer. <laughs> it's less, it's less, it's less, um, it's less uh, raunchy, you know, okay. for, you know, my mother can listen to my music. Let me just put it that way. You know, my okay. mother okay. music, so... Yeah, I'm not uh, gonna lie. That your music is pretty provocative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked that one part in the cellular song where he said "grab on the titty." <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That was what that was my favorite part. Yeah, like I mean, I mean that song actually did well here in Jamaica. It did well in Africa, and it was it was um, being it was being spun in the states and in Canada. Um, so it really did it did it did its thing. You know, I can I could see that too because I know when I first heard that song, I could have I was thinking I could see this blowing up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, of course, you know, the touring is really what would um would 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 bring it more to the forefront. I think that's that's one of the things that um, if you don't tour, a lot of persons won't get to hear or see the artist so right you're not going to those events and and people aren't coming that don't know you they're like you're setting up you're opening for somebody and there's a lot of people in that crowd that uh haven't heard of you but are there and so they hear it and they're like i really like this i'm gonna download this and share it on my social media and yada 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 yes so So how how long does it take you guys to kind of shoot those and film those uh music videos and produce those because it looks like there's a lot of work that goes into those videos like that oh a whole leap i have to i have to big up my my um my videographer mark hugh like um he's he's an amazing videographer um we both direct the the video because i i i'm kind of like a control freak so you know as a, you know, I can't help it. I, I, I'm a perfectionist as well. So I'm like, okay, this has to be done. That has to be done. Um, so we put our, we usually put our ideas together. But I can say, um, sometimes some of these videos take days. Um, sometimes they take months. You know, um, sell it. No, well, not sell it. Um, like a drug, we shot that at. Um, Swamp Safari. I'm not sure if you know Swamp Safari, but that's where James Bond shot his first movie. Um, the one where he runs across the alligator. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, from way back. Yeah. That's awesome. So we, I was like, you know, I want to shoot my first video there, which is why you see me with the snakes and all of that. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of that, how, <laughs> what was going through your mind in that moment when you had that snake <laughs> on your head, bro, <laughs> and you're just the calmness in you can't tell in a video but how were you feeling with that thing around you i, I, I was pissing my pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would have been too man <laughs> for sure that was a big ass snake and they were shedding it was mating season and shedding season so that was even worse they're very aggressive mm. at that time shedding season. oh yeah i had a uh, i lived with a girl who uh, and she wasn't my girlfriend or anything. She, I actually lived with my brother, and she was my brother's girlfriend. But she had a python, and that freaking python, she'd have it out, and she would come up and try to mess with you with it. And I'll never forget one time I had just ate a hot dog, and I, I guess I had some meat smell on my finger or something, and that thing slashed at my hand that I held the hot dog in to bite me, <laughs> and it actually did nick my finger a little bit. Yo, like I, I, I believe me. After I, 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 I don't mess with snakes. <laughs> Looking back at the video, I'm like, Mm-mm, I don't even know. I, it was, 
It was a cool flex I mean, though, for, the, for you, the video. I loved it. You had you, you held it together for that little bit just to get that that perfect shot, and I'll give it to you because I would have been <laughs> in that same boat. I had I would have had a little nugget in my pants afterwards. And <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend at the time, she was like at probably twenty feet away. She was like, "I'm not messing with that. I'm not." <laughs> If you want to give away your life, that's fine. That's good. I'll I'll be here to support you, but over over there. I'm, 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 yeah. Oh man. So, like a drug was your favorite music video. Well, let me ask you this. Actually, um, what about you? Since since going and making your solo album, uh, do you feel like you said that your sound has changed and you found more of what what you uh, like to do and like to produce? What? Uh, what about your sound would you say has evolved other than being clean or more clean? Um, musically, melodies, singing, you know, because, I, I mean, I graduated from a performing arts college. And so um, I wanted to show more of the, the, the musical side of me singing and not necessarily um, DJing or rapping. You know, I wanted persons to know that, yeah, I can really blow, you know, I can really mm-hmm. sing not just, you know, um, a, 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 a pop star kind of vibe, but more of, you know, an R&B soul, soul singer. So my album is called Raheem and B, you know, which is, you know, you know, I, I took out the rhythm. Right. Yeah, so Raheem and Blues. Because um, I wanted people to know that, you know, I can really sing, 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 you know, not just... Yeah, you wanted to put your talents out there and not just the hip-hop side of it or the dance side of it. You wanted them to see you as a, as a true artist. Exactly. And exactly. you can so, kind of tell that in the videos that you have out that you have a very good voice. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for... I mean, everybody that listens to this, you've got to check out Raw, R... Uh, at sign w exclamation point all his all the works on youtube uh every single one of the videos is provocatively entertaining and and really cool i mean really i mean just the hip-hop side of it is it's on my playlist now so just make sure your kids ain't in the car when you turn that (laughs) sucker up and you know they're gonna get a squeeze on the titty and make that pussy wet (laughs) (laughs) if you baby nephew he knows all the songs he's he's not even three yet is he three yet no i don't know and he was singing it when he was one two going up <laughs> and selling his favorite song and my, 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 to, to my brother stop making him listen to that song he's going to know the song and he knows it i mean he knows it word for word right now oh that's awesome. that's kind of awesome in a way too though man because i mean once it like at your family that if you're the artist in the family and your family just supports you and loves you that much, that's great. Yeah, but actually, I'm not an artist. My mother is the first one, and then my brother is also an artist. He does um, a podcast and uh, a YouTube called Eight Seven Six Things, where they they go around um, in Atlanta, and they um, it's like a vox pop where they ask people random questions, some really. Like they, they'll ask girls questions that might throw them throw them off. Like they're like, "Whoa, why are you asking me that question?" It's really hilarious. You should probably check out eight seven sixteen. It's really eight seven sixteen. Yes. All right. And here's what here's an off the wall question. Just because I don't know, like I I used to play this video game when I was a kid, and I've always wondered this, and I've never Googled it for whatever reason. But it was called Grand Theft Auto Four, and there was a Jamaican character in the game called Little Jacob, and he would say, uh, Bumbaclot. And I've always wondered, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, so, um, we, just like how you guys say, for, I mean, every, the, it, fuck is a universal language. Um, but Bumbaclot for us is a universal language. It's, it's our universal language. You know, we say it all the time. So we, we, we swear with Bumbaclot, Rasclot, Pussyclot, all of those words we use. Uh, the thing is, it it's very it, it comes from a from a place in history. Um, when we say pussy cloth, that's actually what the women used to use, and back in the day, the slaves used to wear. Um, and when they when they would um, when they would menstruate, they would take that. Uh, that's actually the the cloth that was wrapped around them. 
So that's what that's why it's called a pussy cloth. Uh, okay, so like yeah. So it's actually pussy cloth. But uh. we, but how we say it, we say pussy cloth. We draw we, we, so we don't say cloth, we say C L A A T cloth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. And Ross and Bombo is really your buttocks. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's you're just saying a uh, uh, a butt cloth, I guess, or so. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you are a shit smear, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's American terms for that word. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so we 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 we, but but because of so many years of it being passed on, a lot of persons don't know the history of it. Um, but it but it's really disrespectful to cause to say. Um, your bomber cloth or your ass cloth or your pussy cloth because um, it's what they, it's what the slaves would wear and so anything that would be used to wipe your buttocks or wipe your vagina you know your it's what you know of course you don't want anybody to, to, to call you something like that so yeah to reference you in the same yeah I get it I could definitely see that be a, a derogatory term and I get right. it I get it now and, and what's crazy about you know, seeing that character in that game I talked about, uh, I couldn't even ever tell that it was that it was something he was saying like that. But now that you say that, I can. Mm-hmm. I can remember some of the uh, some of the dialogue, and I'm like, yes, he was talking about somebody, and I just thought he was saying it at the time. But I get it now. I, so I was just thinking that that's something that Jamaican people just said all the time. But I get, I understand. Yeah, and and Americans love, well, not just Americans, foreigners love our cuss words which oh yeah i'm always amazed that you guys love our cuss words i'm like okay <laughs> and i hear music videos even when i was younger i used to hear it in music videos and i'm like that's a bad word and they didn't bleep that they didn't bleep it like i remember i don't know if you guys remember the benjamins by puffy and little kim oh yeah i do and i heard little kim say what a blood clot i was like um and my mother would like she she's like um Raheem, did, what did that just play on TV? I was like, <laughs> they didn't believe it, they didn't believe it. So yeah, we we in Jamaica we used to laugh at stuff like that because every single time, um, foreign artists would use our words, um, they never used to bleep it, and for us we we're like, whoa, you know, because <laughs> y'all get bleep saying it in your media and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, they just did. They didn't. They don't believe it because you know, to the rest of the world, they don't probably the vast majority doesn't understand what it means exactly. or even what you know. So that's, go that's back to podcasts. Then. You said mm-hmm. that you have a podcast that's out. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. The demons yes. of the psyche. Yes. I've been listening to that one, and it's got some deep stuff, bro. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, you know, surprisingly, I never planned on doing a podcast. I never did. Um, again, you know, COVID allowed me to do so much because um, I was I was pissed off with my with my with my ex girlfriend. Um, so I had just did. First, the personals, the first book, and then um, I had released it. And then me and her, she had just the vice principal, and we were going through a lot. We were we were mortal enemies at the time. And I was like, "Yo, this bitch has childhood demons," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, so that, that and so I started writing the book, Childhood Demons. And um, and so while I was writing it, I. Um, I, I look. I made sure to research on Google and everywhere, and I, I realized that oh crap, a couple of other art authors have um, the, the title "Childhood Demons." So I was like, Mm-mm, I I want to be you know different. I don't want to have the same name, even if I was supposed to give it a subtitle. I want to be different. So I decided not to use "Childhood Demons," and and I started um, thinking about um, titles, and then "Demons of the Psyche" came up. So it became it was a book first. And then um, I was like, you know, a lot of Jamaicans, sad to say, but, you know, it's not even the only Jamaicans, you know, black people don't really love to read. That's just the truth. We really don't love to read. Hold on. Hold uh, on. I want to time out right there. Uh-huh. I was just talking to my son about this. 
I was asking mm -hmm. him, I was like, when's the last time you read a book? He's like, well, <laughs> like willingly. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, willingly. He's like, never. I was like, boy, oh my God. I said, I was like, that's the problem with this generation. They don't like to read. They, they, like they to would read. rather have it in their ears getting told exactly. to them. And so, you know, because of that, I was like, my students too, they're like, um, sir, uh, we want to support you with your book, but uh, I was like, okay, you know something? Let me create something that I know they will want. It, it will be easier for them. So I created, first I went and recorded it and said, okay, they, they can purchase the audiobook. But then I was like, okay, there's some persons who might not necessarily um, want to purchase the book or, you know, so I said, how can I get this out to persons? And I started looking up. I went on YouTube and I saw a video where they were talking about the podcast. And I was like, hmm. But the first one they talked about was Lipsin, I think. That's what, I think it was Lipsin. I think that's the name. And then I started Googling Lipsin. And then when I Googled it, at the top, Buzzsprout popped up. And I was like, let me check that out. Checked it out. And I was like, I'm going to sign up with Buzzsprout. And the rest is history. I uploaded the, 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 the podcast. And I remember, so I uploaded it, like, I think the Monday, when I uploaded it the Monday, my, my student, who is also, well, my past student, who is also one of my dancers, he sent me a text and he said, yo, Fens, congrats, number five. I was like, number five on what? What are you talking about? And he's like, yo, your podcast is number five international. I was like, they, they have charts? They, they have charts? I, I didn't know. So when I looked at the picture, I was like, what? <laughs> that is amazing. The same um, the same thing with with Steve Harvey and Joel Austin and and Deadass and then and then before I knew it, I was number one. I was like, no, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Like, cause I didn't know. I had no idea. I just uploaded it, and cause I was uploading it because I wanted persons, certain persons, to listen to it for free. And then it just it just went out of part. I I was amazed. It was number one on fiction for a good time, and then it went up to the the top top charts at number one. I was like, no, nah, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that was an oh, incredible that's awesome. feeling. That is freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm still believe me, I'm still blown away, and I'm scared because season two. I don't know, you know, I don't know how, you know, how it's going to do for season two. We get so many listeners from Germany and Spain and all, all over. I'm, Germany is one of our biggest ones. And the U.S. Germany, U.S., um, Spain, Jamaica. There's another one. Well, I mean, we get a couple, like, on a regular, we have, like, about 44 um, countries listening to our podcast. So Wow. That is yeah. awesome. It, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I and then that's when I became a podcaster. I'm like, yeah, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very successful one too. Right off the bat, that's sick. Yeah. So what? What? Uh, how much work would you say went into creating that first season of it? A lot, a lot. Um, when you know, because the book is very controversial. Um, right. I, I don't listen to the episode. To some of the like episode one is super controversial. So as soon as you hear it out the gate, you know, and I don't want to give away anything to to, to to the audience, but you know, it's super controversial. And um, I, when I started um, recording it with my, with the first producer, he broke down, um, and he said, "I I can't I can't do this anymore. I, I just can't." And so I had to I had to wait until my producer who records my um my music he was in the states working on a gospel album so i had to wait on him to come back and to redo all that the original producer had done and and finish it and even he started breaking down he was like this is too much this is deep and you know he started thinking about a situation that happened with um his father because his um his 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 eldest his not eldest. I think it was his eldest brother. Either either his eldest or older brother that had died, 
and his father, um, he saw his father crying. Then it was the first time he saw his father crying. And he said, there's a particular story that reminds him of that. And I was like, whoa. I mean, he just broke down in, in the studio. And so that was when I realized that this thing is really, you know, we had to work hours and hours and hours to get it right. You know, because he said, this is going to be a game changer, Raheem. I really didn't believe it. I just wanted, uh, and uh, I had the book and I went and I listened to Gary B and some other people. And they're like, listen, when you have, you have, um, you have content, you need to broaden your content. So I was like, okay, I'm broadening my content. I never thought it was going to, you know, do what it did. So explode like that. But I mean, yeah. I can see, I can see that completely. Just because, uh, like you said, those mo- those things you get that bring out the tragedy in people's lives. I mean, that is always what one thing I've always truly believed is that tragedy can sometimes make the best art, and that sadness in life is uh, sometimes. I mean, it can be the most beautiful thing we have to cope. I mean, coping with sadness. I mean, can be some of the most beautiful moments in. Just overcoming that that sensation itself, and uh, so I could. I mean, really, to me, obvious choice to blow up all over the world. And I'm so glad it did. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's some deep stuff. It is. It, it is. And I, uh, <sighs> sorry, I, I don't know what we're saying. <laughs> I, I, it's one so of them I, one where I'm like, <sighs> I don't know if I can continue on with this episode, but. It's you get so you're like, wow, because some of the stuff that you bring up, it 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 brings a whole new enlightenment because it puts pretty much puts you in the situation that Mm -hmm. these people are in. And it it kind of helps with awareness of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that yeah. perspective. The perspective to know what people have to walk around and carry inside of them all the time. Yeah. And how and, and, a, and how just how deep and dark your subconscious mind and the oh, things yeah, that mind, happen to you just can drive you insane. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my mother, she's always saying you are dark. Where did you get this dark streak from? You're always writing dark stuff. I'm like, because the world is dark. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's dark and it's up to the artist. Then It's up for the artist of the world to shine the light through that darkness because it's all worth it. Everything we're doing is worth it. It's worth getting to the other side. And sometimes that gets clouded by the darkness. Yep, exactly. A lot of people don't know, but everything we do on a daily basis is enlightenment for yourself. Yeah. Somehow, somewhere during the day, there's going to be a point where you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And now I I love that your show is called um, the Blue Color Enlightenment. The word that got me was enlightenment. I was like, okay, this is a show I definitely need to do because, of course, you are spreading you're spreading the word, you're spreading enlightenment. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely would want to be on this show. So I'm super, like, I don't know if you see it on my face, but I am super, super grateful for being on your show. Believe me. Oh, no, we are super super grateful. grateful. Yeah, we are super grateful to have you, just the opportunity to talk to you. Because there's so many other people you could have talked to, you're talking to us. (laughs) And we're so, we're so... We're so happy you took the time to talk to us. And just in our pre-interview and that first talk we had, it was just awesome. And we that just built the excitement for us to uh, have this conversation with you. Oh, I know. Me and Jonah have been waiting for this one for a while now, so we're, we're just stoked we're getting to do it. Getting to do it today. But uh, So let's go to talk about your books now. and Or well, actually not your like just talk about your books, but... What the question I want to ask you is what? So your books came first, right? Or was it your music? The music came first. Okay, yeah, because you had been doing that for a while, and then so your first book, and remind me which one was your first one again? The personals. So the personals, yes. it was actually written in two thousand and two, 
or I started writing it in 2002 while I was in college. Um, but it didn't get published until 2020, September. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so the whole process, okay, but uh, now writing that book, I'm sure you there was a point, you know, closer to 2002 where you thought you had finished, but maybe you just, it, it, you weren't getting it out there, you weren't getting it published, so it was just a ongoing piece of work that you added things to? I just kept adding and, and taking off, you know, as, as, as subtracting, adding, you know, um, one of the things I, 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 I as an artist, you, you know, you grow every single day. And um, the, the, I cringe at my own work. I'll just say this. I, I do, like, I look back on some of the stuff I, I wrote um, back in the day and I'm like, why the hell did I write this? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Where some person would be like, this changed my life. This did this for me. This did that for me. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but it, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not messing with it, you know. Um, and for 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 the personals, it was really a, a moment in time for me because you know I was in college, I was going through a lot. When I say I was going through a lot, I mean a holy. I, I was going through relationship issues. I was going through um, abandonment issues. I was going through. Um, I, I remember when I I had to drop out of college because um, our system is like, you have to have a certain amount of subjects to, to stay in college. So I, I only had three and I needed two more. So you need five subjects to, to actually do the program. And I, I, I only had three. They told, they actually told me, you know, you have within the, the first year and second year, you have enough time to get the other two and then you can continue. If you don't, you have to drop out. So of course I dropped out. I had to drop out in 2004, the end of 2004. So when I dropped out, I was a nervous wreck because all my friends would have been graduating in 2005, and and I wasn't able to graduate with them. So I was suicidal. I was depressed. I had to go back home, and um, you know the embarrassment. Right. What, what it did for me good thing what it did for me was that I continued writing and I continued um, I continued expressing myself through the arts, dancing, singing, acting, and, and creating. I, I created content. So even back in, in that time, I was still creating content. And so all of that is what you, 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 you see in the personal. So you see, uh, like my, my aunt, I remember my aunt called my mother and she was livid. She was like, um, I read the book. And I didn't know he was suicidal. And is he still suicidal? And she was worried. And my mother is like, this was years ago. <laughs> He's okay. You know, he's fine. You know, but, um, but you know, it, it allowed me to say, I can't quit. And I have to go back to college. And that's exactly what happened. I, I got the subjects. And I went back to college um, in September 2005. And I finished uh, my program in 2006. You know, so, you know, it, it for me it it became it became cathartic to write, you know, and so that's how the personals came about, really. So another book you, you have out is a poetry book, right? Well, I have well the personals is a poetry book, but Demons of Psyche is you know it's a mixture of poetry and prose, um, and Cathartic Realms is poetry, and the and Murals of Me is actually a motivational book. It, right. it affirmations and it has, you know, things to motivate you. Once you pick that book up, it's a definite motivational book. And then um, the recent one, Black is a Crime, but Black is Mine, um, that one is poetry. But um, it was it was a it was a book I really and truly I was scared of putting it out. And the reason I'm scared of putting it out is because I have a lot of white fans <laughs> and. Um, I was like, I don't want to segregate them by writing a book called Black is a Crime, but Black is Mine, because it might seem as though I am, I'm, 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 I'm targeting them or, you know what I'm saying? When really, right. you know, I, I had to get to the place where I said, but I'm not targeting my white fans. And once they pick up the book, they'll see I'm not targeting them. I'm actually just saying, you know, I'm black and I'm proud and, you know, I'm telling a history of all the things that that happened um, within, you know, throughout 
history, you know. And that was really what I was doing. I was channeling, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Bob Marley and all these other persons. And um, and I said, you know, I'm going to put it out on Black History Month. And I'm surpri surprisingly, it actually went number one on, on, on the bestsellers list. But, yeah. oh, oh, but, but what was so strange is that my white fans <laughs> are telling me they love the book. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I mean, you'd be surprised how many how many white people there are that are truly interested in that and going back. And that's another thing about from the perspective of the white fan, it, it, it's not OK to feel like or to see something like that and to think in your head, oh, I'm being put and I'm being made the bad guy here. It, it's not about that. It's about. It's about reading and seeing something from somebody else's perspective, a different perspective that you might not understand from where you are from or who you are. Yeah. But enlightening yourself and reading it is the goal to put everyone together. Yes. So. And it's really about unity. You know, when you when you look at it, it's just saying, you know, because um, I was looking at the, the 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 George Floyd situation, and I was like, "Oh God, man!" Like, and then there was this other—I don't remember his name—where he was running in Atlanta, he was jogging, and then they killed him. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I do know. Yeah, that was a that was a Mod Arbery, and he yeah. was a uh, it was yeah it was in Georgia, and he ran through the and they shot him in the street. Yeah, that one was horrible. Yes, you know, and for for me, that was one. Those are some of the things we don't really experience stuff like that in Jamaica. Um, but seeing it on the news, I was like, oh, man, like, I still have a voice. And I want us to say, you know, we all we all can live as one. We all can be, you know. And and what the thing is, is that I have a lot of white friends, you know. I have a lot of white friends. And I was like, and I, th that was one of the things I, I also, um, I, was, I was scared in, in putting it out at first, too. Because I was like, not just the fans, but I have a lot of white friends. And they're like, you need to put it out. You need to put it. I was like. You sure? They're like, yeah, you need to put this out. I was like, cool. So, you know, um, and it went number one, which, you know, three number ones. I have three number ones now. That, Mirrors of Me, and Cathartic Realm. So those are the three number ones I have. Really, yeah. Another mind-blowing thing. I was like, oh, damn. I believe it. Yeah, I bet you're sitting on a pedestal now, man. Looking <laughs> down, now you're, you're, a, you're a selling artist. I bet that's just an amazing feeling. It is. It really is. It really now, is. here's a question that might seem a little bit ignorant, but I, I was just curious when uh, you when you said you had a lot of white friends, and I know you could have white friends all over the place, so I'm not saying that, but I just, or is there a population of white people in Jamaica? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Our, our motto is um, out of many one people. Actually, the the I went to a, I went to a private school. I went to a prep school, so. Um, as their own whites, Chinese, yeah, well, Asians, I should say, Asians, whites, yeah, everybody, you know. And then my, my high school also is one of the, the, the one of the top tier high schools, Conwell College. Big up to Conwell College. Um, they had a lot of whites, um, Asians, you know, everybody. It was a, Jamaica's a, a melting pot of, of persons. But right most white friends, surprisingly, are not necessarily um, from here in Jamaica. They are overseas. Because um, in 2008, I actually worked at Six Flags um, in entertainment. Yeah, I worked at Six Flags in 2008 with um, with some really great, really great friends. Re I mean, let me tell you something. Like, I have so many friends. I don't know if I if if I'm allowed to even call out their names, but like Griffin Palmer, he's an amazing stuntman. Um, Emily and and Rob, and they're Great artists, you know, love them to death. They're some of my best friends. We're still friends to this day. We still keep in contact. Love them, love them, love them. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about growing up in Jamaica and just what it's like being raised uh, to what, what you believe in, your urban legend, your superstitions, uh, you know, the, the spiritual side of it, the religious <laughs> side of it. What twists and turns do you get uh, from the Caribbean lifestyle? I, I'm, I'm, I don't think the podcast can be long enough. <laughs> we might have to do a whole separate episode just on that. Yeah, no kidding. 
Um, but we we are a very rich culture. We have a very rich culture. Um, we our 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 history dates all the way back to you know the time you know when when Spain when when the Spanish came, you know. So um, our our language first of all, you know, which is Jamaican. Some persons say Pato, but it's not Pato. Our we the language we speak is called Jamaican. It would is, Patwa would Patwa be? Uh, I guess Haitian would be Haitian, but I I know that a lot of uh, there's a uh, in Florida there's a population of people that speak what they what they call Patwa, and I know that's a big like that area has got a lot of Dominican and Haitian ancestry. So I was just curious if you know what that would be. That would be that Patwa is really French. Oh, you know? okay. A mixture of French, English, and uh, French, English, and oh lord, I don't remember the other language, but French, English, oh, and 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 uh, and an African language, but okay. Jamaican is totally different because we have uh, we have at least maybe seven languages mixed up there. We have English, Spanish, uh, Portuguese, uh, French. Um, and and six other African languages from the from the Akan tribe, so just imagine all of that into <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's an example of uh, some of the Spanish words you have in the vocabulary? Um, all right. So we say so we say uno. So I say you see uno, which would be. You and you know Spanish for um, uno is one. one. However, it's also um, uno is also a can as well, which means you guys. So okay. uno, uno becomes one. You know, um, we have um, piquini, piquini. We say piquini, which is um, a Portuguese word, which is piquinino. Um, we have, I mean, there's, there's a lot, believe me. <laughs> That's very interesting though. I, I love that. That's cool. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it, when you, when you start really studying it, 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 it blows your mind away because you're like, whoa, the, the, the language has so many different, the one language has so many different languages. So, yeah. It, it's like a melting pot. Yes. Just like a big yes. melting pot. That's awesome. So, where can we? Where can everybody find you on social media and online and everything like that? Oh, I mean, once you type in Raheem Fender, R A H E I M F E N D E R, I'm on. Um, I'm mostly on because I have a um, on my YouTube channel. I do motivational. Um, I, I call it morning motivation, where I I put out a video um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, just motivating, you know, giving back. I want persons to feel, you know, special every morning. So, you know, can you, I can you give us an example of maybe like your last video? What was the subject of it? Um, my last video, what was it? Um, wow, you caught me off guard. Well, let, uh, can you give everybody <laughs> just an example of how, because I've watched them and I've, I've had, this is where I got this idea, Trevor, of sending everybody it's going to be a great day every morning. So right. that way we're all motivated to have a great day. And I got that from your motivational videos. I said, you know what, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do this with, with the guys around me and see how it, how it affects everybody's day. Yeah, that, that, that's one of the things I, I wake up every single morning and I say, today is going to be a great day. Greater things are coming my way. And so I tell persons every day, greater things are coming your way. Go into, the, go into your mirror, look into your mirror and say, greater things are coming my way. Look into your mirror and wake up and say, good morning, gorgeous. You are amazing. You are special in every way. So yeah, I don't have the money right now. Okay, yeah. I am not the I'm not the best looking person. I'm no Usher. I'm no Beyonce. I'm no Britney Spears. But I'm special. I have a voice. I have worth. I have meaning. I have purpose. And that 
is the most important thing that you can say to yourself to pick yourself up. Love it. Absolutely love it. love it. Give me chills, man. Give me chills, dude. That was sick. Well, everybody, make sure to go check him out. This guy is awesome, especially his music. And I can't wait for your new music to come out. I'm going to be excited to hear it because I know from just the music that you have out how how good your voice is, and I know it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so. I cannot wait to hear the solo and how your sounds evolved. Uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm, we're just rooting for you over here. So, Thank you. And we hope I, to have you on again. And, oh, man, we would like to have you on just to talk about the differences in our culture if you're willing to. Oh yeah, I listen. Anytime you guys are are ready, I'm ready. I have no problems. Yes. Enlightenment no problems. is all about just learning something new and that's what we're all about. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's a big world out there, man. There's many corners and many many different forms that life's taken on through us and oh, dude, there's just so much to learn and so many perspectives. Mhm. So I think that's about all the recording time we have today. Remember to go check us out on Facebook, the Blue Collar Enlightenment Show. We're on Twitter at the BCE Show. Make sure to follow us. Give us a thumbs up. Later. Later.